here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get into your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new world of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the Creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Proficient with your, or fluent with your French, feel free to correct me. Um, there we go. No sami. Means our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. We don't care from when or how good, how long, uh, level of quality of special effects. We just don't care. We just want to make you smile. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here to just talk to you. And uh, before we get into much more um, of our antics, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that intro song intro creature features you can find them on uh, amazon or um, itunes if you want to buy digital stuff and say hi to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays will what have you watched since we did this last we didn't have you here for kong skull island so you've had extra days to watch stuff i missed you how was skull island i think you'd really enjoy it it's lovely (laughs) i liked stephen Bissett's review Mm. What did he say? Um, he said that um, although he enjoyed it a lot, it was uh, it suffered from alien syndrome and that it had to be a war movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an American movie. He went a whole thing. 
Um, they, they instead of being like a, a actual adventure movie yeah. or a movie about exploration that he thinks he would have preferred, even though he really liked the movie. It did go a little apocalypse now, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right down to the logo on the poster. The poster was totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, there's like a helmet with Born to Kill on it. I remember uh, that, when that's we... Like, is that Casualties of War? No, that's a Full Metal Jacket. A full Metal Jacket, yeah. Yeah. When we wandered out of some movie and saw that poster, I wondered, mm. like, yeah. why is that apocalypse now? Yeah, it's pretty deliberate. Yeah. I thought, um, I thought is that Miss Saigon or Apocalypse Now? And, uh, <laughs> Go take a look. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I watched uh, The Magician Season 1. Oh. It's a sci-fi show. It's all right. Yeah? Uh, it's got some problems. I, I have a problem with magicians who act, or not act, but they think so literally, hmm. or linearly, I mean. Uh, they, I, I don't know. I can't explain it without going into a lot of detail with the show. But it's a it's a magic college that these kids go to. Um, Not like Harry Potter. No, it would be like an American college. Oh. So these are like post high school kids. So if Harry Potter had no manners, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um. If they kidnap corpses for a laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. A lot of times you think their problem could just be solved with magic. They're magicians. Why don't they just use it? But That was the whole problem with Bewitched, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it seems to be a lot of problems. They go to a grave and they have to dig up the body. Why don't they have a spell to make the body dig itself up? Right. That's win-win. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what could go wrong? Nothing ever goes wrong reanimating the dead. No. Give us one example of a movie where shit went wrong. <laughs> no. Meddling in God's domain is always rewarded. Yes. <laughs> and immediately, usually. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's always entertaining, at least. Uh, I watched uh, the first two episodes of The Americans, season five. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Yes. I uh, watched a couple riff tracks, uh, they redid Roadhouse. Oh. Have you ever seen Roadhouse? Not the Riff Tracks Patrick version. Uh, yeah. The I've, seen, tracks, I've seen it, yeah. They did one, um, Mike did one like 10 years ago, I guess. Just him. But now ah. he has the other two people on there. Um, it was great. I've seen Roadhouse a couple times now. Roadhouse is a movie my brain refuses to remember. <laughs> like, I watch it and I remember a couple bits and it's familiar in a way but there's whole chunks of that movie You're like i know i've seen this before but it's just not gonna bell. stick nope I, I saw one of those the horror magazines today it was like horror quest or i forget what the, sorry i forget the name of the magazine but they had uh, there's this long feature about mystery science theater and, and yeah i guess they're coming back various, next month. yeah like the next generation and the and the previous people then we watched uh, Ator the Fighting Eagle. That was another <laughs> riff track. Have you seen that? Yeah. Wow. I'd never seen the first. I've seen Cave Dwellers. Uh-huh. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Watched a Trevor Noah stand up. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last night I watched House. Yay. 
Now, be clear which house it is. uh, It's the Hugh Laurie television (laughs) show where he moves into a haunted house in the 80s, I believe. Greatest American Uh, Hero is not in it. Yeah, that's he's in it. Yeah. Uh, No, this is a Japanese film from 1977 that Jolien lent me a while ago. Uh, We finally got around to watching it. It's amazing. Mm. It is a live action cartoon. That's what I've heard. I still have not seen it. You have to watch it. All right. There you go, Richard. All right. There you go. I have the the Blu-ray. Is it a Blu-ray? Criterion Blu-ray. Criterion Blu-ray. Holy shit. What better way to see it? Right. It's a... It looks good, I guess. It's a lot of film grain, and they shoot everything at four three. Oh, so it's like TV. They yeah, knew, they knew it was going to end up on a TV. Yeah, there's lots of process shots. Yeah, you can tell the oh the deterioration. Oh, it's fantastic. But it is. Though. It looks better, way better than I've ever seen it before. Oh, I ma- Yeah, I can imagine seeing that on a really shitty, yeah. muddy VHS tape at some point. You, you just need to breathe in some Denver air. Yeah, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and uh, and chill out to that movie because it's, it's crazy. It sounds like a good way to watch it. You know what? You don't even need <laughs> the marijuana. Uh, <laughs> that movie there's there's a riff tracks short called Drugs Are Like That. It makes no sense. It's some little PSA film from the seventies. So about fifteen minutes into that, Gene goes, "Drugs are like that." This movie. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah. And we ended it and we decided, did I like it or did I hate it? I can't decide. <laughs> but, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's a uh, Funko Pop mini of Jaws with a tank in his mouth. <laughs> in case the listeners were wondering. little insider tip for, a little pro tip for people who buy those blind box things. Mm-hmm. If there's one that, you know kind of how how it's sized or whatever you can pick up all the boxes and shake them and if you have a good hand for that kind of thing you'll you'll just know the heavier one is alien or jaws Uh, okay yeah or if it's a dog used to do that with uh baseball cards and trading cards oh really back in the late 80s they'd put out like a a, spe- a premium card and then somebody got smart and realized they could just weigh the packs oh and all the premium cards being printed on plastic or gold leaf or whatever right weighed just enough more that they could pick those packs out or get a metal detector i suppose you could do that too it's like, yeah if it's got a metallic finish on it yeah but i don't know how much that tiny amount of gold they put on this I imagine yeah is it enough to set it off and then um Monday we went and watched Get Out oh okay yeah and you loved it I loved it it was cool uncomfortable at times (laughs) wow but uh I thought it was good social commentary mixed with a an actual horror film and was there a comedic element considering it's uh there's a comedic character. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who provides a couple moments of much-needed uh, comic relief. But no, it is just out-and-out out a horror movie. Okay. So it looks from the trailers like it's the Stepford Whites. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. there's a You go in thinking that it's just... Uh, we took it as kind of a zombie uh, slave thing. You know, that they were hypnotizing 
people into being slaves. But there's a twist there that you okay. don't really see coming that's a nice one that adds another layer of commentary on top of everything. Because it goes on, it, it, it makes its point, but not in any heavy-handed way. You know, it just kind of sets up these characters and everyday, uh, you know, aggravations. He's a... Uh, uh, the main character, Chris, this black guy, he's got a white girlfriend. He's going home to her home for the first time. They've been dating like five months. Mom and dad don't know that he's black. He's got reservations about it. Um, man, the family. <laughs> uh, they're hard. They're, they're really hard to take. So you deal with some of that, and you realize there's something else going on there. I mean, obviously, you know, you've seen trailers and, and you've poster. seen a movie it's before. a horror movie and you've <laughs> right. seen a movie before uh or at least read a book or read about a movie something <laughs> you weren't born there in the theater <laughs> that's what i'm saying uh but you you don't quite know what it is and then you think like i mentioned you know you're like oh they're turning these people back into slaves and then it gets a little weirder and a little weirder and you you know you get uh i don't know i'm not gonna going yeah. to a whole bunch because we i think we have to talk about it well yeah we, uh maybe the next episode should be this one yeah there were a couple trailers for films i want to see i went and watched it the c or the Sai or the whatever the theater down by twist and shout oh, and okay. the tattered cover oh yeah yeah um i recommend going to their matinees it was nice uh anyway uh one a martial arts film called headshot I don't know if anybody's heard about it. It looked like just over-the-top stylistic violence. Mm-hmm. Gene and I turned to each other and we're like, we have to go see that. Right. I want to see that. Um, it, she said it might push the threshold of her violence level that she can handle, but at the same time, it looked, you know, it's about revenge and criminals and pulpy stuff and right. lots of fighting. And then another one called The Devil's Candy, which I believe is a New Zealand film from 2015. I've heard mention of this, too. It's about a guy who starts painting, um, I'm guessing, very disturbing scenes of crimes that then end up happening. Mm-hmm. And he has some sort of connection with this fat dude in a red tracksuit. appears to be a child killer. Oh, Wow. I'm not quite sure what's going on because the trailer is very, you know, loud music and sudden cuts, uh, you know, but there's like a goat with four horns out in the backyard and a very creepy looking scene. Um, I blame the podcast, but I was like, you know, <laughs> five, can... ten years ago, I've been kind of like, eh, whatever, maybe. <laughs> But this, I was like, God damn, I have to go see that <laughs> the second that comes out. <laughs> the Devil's Candy. The Devil's Candy. It looked like it would be, I don't know, um, sort of apocalyptic slasher film. Wow. And I don't mean post-apocalyptic. No. I don't mean zombies. I mean, like, end of the world signs and weird shit and a really awful killer who they make mention that doesn't wear a mask and he's not a Halloween costume. <laughs> right. So did you see the, um, the uh, preview for the next alien movie? 
I did not. They only showed three previews. Oh. Uh, all, all for independent. Yeah, because it, it's that theater. Right. Yeah. It well, wasn't that, any pricier, at least uh, matinee wasn't any pricier than normal film yeah. prices. If you're paying between 10 and 15, you're probably right in there. Yeah, this was nine bucks. All right. I'm going. That's it. It's <laughs> yeah. easier to get to. It's super easy to get to. Hell yeah. And there were six people there on Monday <laughs> at two in the afternoon. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday are good nights if you don't want a crowd. Mm-hmm. So it seems. We saw Kong on a Tuesday, and there were maybe a dozen other people. I saw Kong on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw a Decapitation on Wednesday. Man. Uh, we had the discussion, can you call a head a decapitated head? Can you only have a decapitated body? That's a good point. You know. Huh. And so then would it be a, just a disembodied ad? Yeah. Mm. I would say so. Because mm-hmm. they, they make the line in, in the house movie. One of the girls yells, oh, it's a decapitated head. <laughs> the movie's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> Japanese movies work on a whole different level. At yeah. least that one They're does. They're not all right like that. <laughs> oh, no, certainly not. I've seen, I've seen plenty of, you know, just sort of, straightforward things but then you watch something like that or right. speaking of decapitations he also directed a movie called the disembodied well it's you know it's obviously not called that in japanese but yeah yeah but is it good yeah yeah ghosts oh excellent yeah yeah ghost was that it for what you'd seen witch cats <laughs> the most logical thing in that house movie is the claim that any cat can open a door but only a witch cat can close a door uh-huh. We'll go from there. That really is the only thing in that movie that makes any sense. A man turned into bananas. Wow. Well, a woman turned into a watermelon just before hitting the pavement. So That probably happens. There's a watermelon in there. Crazy movies. Crazy. So, Jolien, what about you? Um, well, uh, first one I saw was called Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Not based on the game show. It's a, like a early 50s. It's not really film noir, but it's got Barbara Stanwyck in it. Okay. And uh, she's with a family, and they go on this vacation down into Baja, California. Mm-hmm. And they're way out. Uh, he wants to find this like isolated little uh, harbor that he uh, went to when he was in the army. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... Uh, the husband is Barry Sullivan and he gets stuck under this jetty piling and the tide's coming in so she's got to drive back out into the desert to the nearest house yeah get help and come back and she so she's got this limited time to do it then it gets even worse because back at the the nearest farmhouse uh, Ralph Meeker has turned up and he's this escaped psycho and he's killed people at the house and uh, he, so he he uh, grabs her, gets the gets her car, and he wants he wants to just take off, and he doesn't care about her husband or anything. Yeah. So yeah, her problem is to get him back to try and help out with the relaxing saving her. Film. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a nail biter, and it's it's slick. It's it's John Sturgis directed it. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really nice photography. 
I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah check it out. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Uh, and Alex Trebek plays Barbara Stanley. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then I saw uh, Follow Me Boys, which is a Disney movie from 1966. I watched it mostly because Kurt Russell's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great. Yeah. He's he's really committed. Um, very sentimental movie though with Fred McMurray. Um, and I got into a bit of a Bruce Lee kick, as it were. Uh, so we've been watching because they they brought out pretty nice editions on Blu-ray now. Oh, nice. And uh, so you know, Big Boss, uh, Fist of Fury, and Way of the Dragon. Um, yeah. I've, I've never seen Big Boss. I've seen the other two, though. That's yeah. got Bolo in it, doesn't it? Bolo is in uh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, but he's not in Big Boss? No. Oh. Uh, Big Boss has a lot, lot of familiar faces in it. Um, he went on to other, like the guy who played uh, Mr. Vampire's in it. But, oh. but very young, he's hard to <laughs> recognize. Um yeah, about ten years before he was in Mr. Vampire, and he had all the like the facial hair, and right. he's, you know he's done up like an old man. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're great to watch. Uh, I think Big Boss might be my second favorite of his. What's your number one? Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. It has to be right. Well, it doesn't have to be. It's got this awesome cast. Some people don't like it because it's so Americanized. Hmm? Um, but um, I love it. It's just got a great, yeah. Or, you know you the. the Every time I watch it, you, I, I've learned more and more about, you know, who's in it, you know, all the great yeah. people in it. Yeah, a lot of people uh, are recently aware that Jackie Chan is one of the, one of the minions that gets smacked down in the cavern yes, scene. Yes, yes, he gets his neck broken. Yeah. Uh, he's also in um, Fist of Fury. Oh. He's uh, he plays one of the students at the school. Yeah. And uh, he he also does the stunt where the, the Japanese guy gets kicked right through a wall and flies into the garden. That's Jackie Chan. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I owe those movies a rewatch. I own, oh, yeah. I own Enter the Dragon, and uh, have watched it somewhat recently, and only like a year or two ago watched Game of Death for the first time because it just really wasn't available to me before. Yeah. And you always hear how like oh they use all these body doubles and it's not great. Mm. It's kind of not great, but no. it's got its moments. Yeah, it's different because there's only like 15 minutes of what Bruce Lee shot, isn't yeah. that? Uh, and then there's there's also if you uh, if you get the Enter the Dragon Blu-ray, you've got that edit of all the surviving footage that they could put together into a pretty coherent narrative. Oh, good. Um, it's about 40 something minutes long, but you get more of you know the pagoda scenes. Oh, good. Um, yeah, you should check it out. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was really impressed by them again. Uh, so you know, so we we're watching them in order, and we'll get to Game of Death next. I think yeah. Game of Death, if he'd finished that, that would have been my favorite. Would have been so fun. There's so much of his philosophy in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and got all those great people turning up in it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we so we watched Where the Dragon last night, so it has that fantastic duel with. Chuck Norris at the end. Yeah. You know, where yeah. he goes to the Coliseum. Rips his chest hair out. Yeah. yeah that's such a great moment. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I really like the fight with uh, uh, Robert Baker in um, Fist of Fury as well. That's a really good one. But uh, yeah, Fist of Fury has some two, at least two of the greatest martial arts scenes in it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I saw that. I saw uh, American Psycho, which had weird. This movie 
it's like the uh, it's set in eighty six eighty seven, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's based on a novel satirizing the yappies of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The film came out in two thousand. It's uh, was it uh, written directed by Mary Harron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got these references to Trump in it. There's three references. Yeah, they're in the book too. Right. Like yeah. He sees his car and he sees Ivanka Trump. Uh-huh. Uh, and and he also tells the woman in his office that she should, shouldn't wear a pantsuit again, that she has to wear a skirt and heels just like Trump has in the White House. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's very true. I think you'd love this movie. I've, I've, <laughs> I preferred the movie to the book. Mm-hmm. I found the book um, just over the top. <laughs> uh, I mean, the movie's pretty over the top, too. But I found that the movie was a... A bit more satire, whereas I didn't know what Brett Easton Ellis was quite doing with American Psycho. <laughs> he kept saying he's making fun of yuppies, um, but because he had to keep telling you that, it didn't really come across as he was making fun of yuppies as much as he was just writing really horrifying, misogynistic violence. Upon... Yeah, I think he's working out a lot of his own... Yeah. At the time, isn't he? Yeah, because Less Than Zero is a good book, but mm. American Psycho, I just, I couldn't get into. I didn't hate it. Well, yeah. I didn't like it. We'll say. Uh, I know some people really, really hated it. I know some people really loved it. Yeah, I, I found the movie kind of tiresome. Mm-hmm. It, if it could have been half an hour, it'd been. Yeah, kind that's, of a, that's a sharp satire, but because yeah. every, everyone in it is so hollow and uninteresting. Yeah, everybody in it. I mean, the like, books we get is... it, we get it. They're all shallow, hollow. <coughs> yeah, you know, they're basically James Bonds, you know, psychopaths. You know, they're they're into all the labels and the suits mm-hmm. and and uh, women treating women badly. <coughs> yeah, but, yeah. I know I mentioned, and this I don't on... care for all what's his name there, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Bale. Uh-huh. Although he was okay and. Empire of the yeah, Sun. He he just he just feels like he's he's got his tongue in cheek all the time. Didn't feel like it. Yeah, I feel like he's. I have the same. I have a similar problem with Amy Adams, and I think it just comes down to they're not very good. <laughs> they always seem kind of like they're playing a role, and maybe it's a little tongue in cheek. I feel that we watched uh, Big Eyes. Did you? Yeah, saw that. Uh, about the, the Keens. Keens. Yeah. Good movie, but the very beginning, Amy Adams, before she kind of wins you over, seems like she's playing a Saturday Night Live character or something, a frazzled single mom. And you're kind of, yeah. It seems real fakey at first. <laughs> I can and see I that. have the same problem with Christian Bale. He's a little too. Mm, I'm an actor. <laughs> Look at me act. Don't forget, I'm an actor. <laughs> I, I know I told you guys about the time I was in a video rental place and there was a mom with like her her like early teen or preteen daughter and a couple of the daughter's friends and they were going to rent some movies and uh, they wanted scary movies. They were having like, oh, yeah. they were having a sleepover mm-hmm. and the mom was like, I don't know. And I see her looking at American Psycho and I'm st- of course standing in the horror movie section and, uh, and she kind of glances at me, and, and I went ahead and just butted in. I said, uh, you might want to skip that one. It's, 
It's got. You want to get that right yeah. now? It's got. I, I said it's got. It's got a, a good threesome in it. You're yeah, gonna love it. It's yeah. I said it's, it's got. Kids so, are gonna love it. It's gonna blow their minds. Oh, I did tell her about the naked Christian Bale splattered in blood running with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. You know, I said you probably don't want them seeing that yet. So uh, I pointed out Evil Dead Two, which I think uh, I may have shaped <laughs> the minds of some Set young. Them on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Dead Two. Good on you. It's a win. And here's <laughs> you. You can't miss with this for your sleepover. All right, Julian. What else? And then uh, Train to Busan. Oh man, there have it is. Have you seen that one? No, that's on my list. I recommend it. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a zombie apocalypse film, but it's like a big budget one. It's kind of like World War Z. Mm-hmm. Or Z, as you Americans um, say. It's uh, so a lot of it's more more of a suspense movie, mm, like okay. thriller than uh, not not suspense because stuff is just going down. Um, it's a thriller. There's you know there's, there's a lot of blood, but you're not seeing flesh ripping, gut munching, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that's a no for sleepovers. <laughs> it's yeah. got. Uh, it's got so many sympathetic characters in it that you don't want bad things to happen to. Oh, that you know is, man. are going to suffer. <laughs> There's this really cool guy in it. I, I was like, oh, no, something's going to happen to him. Something's going to happen. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's a tearjerker. Oh. At the end, by the end of it, you're like, oh, <clears> man. <throat> it's a, yeah, it's quite exhausting. It's a good ride. Um, so... If you hated World War Z because it was it held back on the gore, you might not like it. Uh, it's it's another apocalypse movie where the family is this the thing that's under threat instead of like you know the end Society of the world sort large. of thing. Yeah, uh, but it it does have social commentary in it. Uh, it's pretty obvious. It's not. It doesn't hide it you know you've got you've got the first class passengers who were uh, <laughs> yeah and um, they deserved eaten well there's this there's this guy in it he's he's um yeah he, he's a great villain because uh he gets so many of the people you like killed mm. and oh. you're just like itching for this guy to get it he doesn't and he doesn't and he keeps getting away he keeps getting away but uh yeah it's good and the, the kid in it just it's heartbreaking at the end anyway and this I is recommend a, this. This is a Korean film, right? Yeah. All right. So that yeah, they have to try. Uh, he's he's this like um, funds manager who uh, there there's somewhere around Seoul, and uh, it's his daughter's birthday, and she wants to go and see his ex-wife, who's oh. down in Busan, which is right down on the southeast coast. Oh. So basically, they're taking this train across, but it's kind of a bullet train. It's only supposed to take an hour. Uh, but most of the movies in this train, uh, there's one stopover, which is disastrous, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a good. One. I like this a lot. Nice, cool. Anyway, uh, first thing this morning, I went to the uh, state capitol. Um, they had a gathering for a film in, in Colorado, and they had um, uh, state senator Nancy Todd was there, and uh, so she was talking about how that how that we need to lobby the uh, uh politicians to tell them that you know uh um giving money for film mm-hmm. you're not giving money to rich producers it's more of a rebate yeah where someone will come in spend money in the state 
Yeah. And then and they'll get back certain percentage. You can get up to twenty percent in Colorado. All 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 the states around us have made made loads of films, like especially New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico because they, they have better deals than Colorado does. Yeah, and it's dirt cheap there, so right. It's making a movie for nothing. Um, so uh, yeah, and so we we get so few films these days. Um, so that's important to do. But they had like a guest um, actor turned up. Surprise! Uh, it was um, Jeffrey Donovan hmm. from Burn Notice. Yeah. Oh, jerk really? Face. Jerk face. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I uh, introduced myself. Hey, you're a <laughs> you're jerk face. Nice to meet you, jerk face. <laughs> oh man, you came face to face with jerk face. Yeah. Holy crap! Uh, was he nice? Yeah, yeah. I totally knew he was nice. Nice guy. Oh, you can tell he's nice. Yeah. He, uh, his wife is from Broomfield. Oh, so okay. He, he's he's lived, um, yeah, somewhere to the south of Denver for the last four years. Oh man. Really? So if we see someone that looks like Jerkface, it's him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just say Jerkface and see if he responds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's been doing this series called uh, Shut Eye. Yeah. And they started filming it in Canada, and then he he pers- persuaded them to move it to the states. So they filmed in California, and now he's trying to get them to do it in Colorado. Oh, okay. um, good so on him. Good luck on that. Yeah. Uh, Shut Eye's a pretty good show. They had, um, yeah, uh, who else? Um, they had uh, Vince Gonzalez was there. He was the uh, assistant director on Walking Dead for the last mm. couple of seasons. Mm. So I spoke to him as well. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Got free donut. Oh, good. Don't complain. Yeah. Donuts with jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> what have you seen, Richard? Well, um, since last time, uh, I've seen Jackie, the movie about Jackie Kennedy. Um, okay. Onassis. Jackie O. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, that one, I think a lot of people misunderstood what it was supposed to be or didn't bother to look into what it was supposed to be. So I know a lot of people were just like, meh, you know, you see the ratings and it gets like a six point something or a seven ish. And it's actually, it's a lot about the mood of, you know, her trying to talk about all the, all the events before and just after the assassination of her husband, the president. And, uh, she was right there, you know, right there. And, uh, it seems inevitable it will get around to, you know, showing the assassination and, and it does. And it's graphic. You know, obviously the Zapruder film doesn't show uh, a close up and yeah, there's dogs next door. <laughs> there's guest dogs. So any listeners who are annoyed by that, uh, it'll only be another couple episodes maybe that they're <laughs> making their noises. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's, it's a, a moody uh, sort of a thing. And, uh, it's it's basically uh, a journalist interviewing her, and she's very reluctant and standoffish with him. And um, it goes into the stories, you know, directly. And you, you don't get a lot of voiceover, but you do get some. And, and mostly, it's just in the moment, each part of the of the events before, during, and after the assassination, and it, and it moves around the timeline a bit. So um, if you are into those days or specifically the Kennedys 
and more specifically The Assassination, then it's a movie you want to watch. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, as much as you can enjoy something that's sort of melancholy like that. Uh, and to keep the mood going, um, actually, I watched this before, uh, Eagles of Death Metal, Nozomi, which is, of course, about the terrorist attack mm -hmm. where they were playing on stage in a Paris club. And um, it's pretty emotional and pretty heavy, but it's good, really good to get the stories of the people who were there and understand what something like that is like from the first person view and to understand like how horrific it is. And uh, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't know about it if you didn't dig a little deeper, read some stories, see this movie. And uh, it's, it's a documentary. It's good. Um, and I, I believe, I believe that one was either on Netflix or Comcast on demand. Uh, and then a bunch of episodes of Futurama. I'm kind of going back and watching some favorite <laughs> earlier episodes just before I go to sleep because it just puts me in a good place. And then uh, a bunch of episodes of a cop drama that's actually pretty good. Uh, Ray Liotta's in it. It's called Shades of Blue. Don't know it. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Yeah. You know, there's a movie coming out called Another Wolf Cop. Another Wolf Cop. That's what that's what the name of it is. Oh man, Another Wolf Cop. Man, is it from the makers of Wolf Cop? Yeah. I better be. <laughs> I would hope so. There's going to be a lawsuit. Well, um, that's it for what I've watched since last time. And we had better get to this movie, Night of the Creeps. Um, Will, I want you to go first because I don't know if you had seen it at all before. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. It seemed very familiar. So you saw it again for the first time. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I didn't care for it. No? No. I was very bored. But you have to understand I had watched House the night before. <laughs> you set the mood. Yeah, and just about anything would be dull. Yeah. The bar was impossibly high. Yes. Yeah. After watching House, that's how awesome that movie is. <laughs> I know some people are going to watch it and hate it. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I can imagine if you were like, if you hadn't seen anything like House and you watched it and it's like... Wow, zombies with slugs coming out of their heads. That's really wacky. Yeah. We are going to spoil but this movie. After House, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and totally. After House, it was like, that guy's so... head got shot off with a shotgun. Been there. What else, what else you got? If it had turned into like flames or something or spinning eyeballs. <laughs> Cartoony <laughs> style things. Or a man turned into bananas. Um... <laughs> Mr. Togo. Does he turn into a normal-sized bunch of bananas? Or, like, jumbo-sized bananas? He turns into a man-sized pile of bananas. Okay. Vaguely the... in the shape of a man. Bunches of bananas. And they are they are normal-sized bananas? As far as I could tell. Okay. They weren't of normal size. Okay. They weren't, like, three-foot-long bananas. Mm. Which might no, be normal they're... on Skull Island, but not... They were not. Anywhere... <laughs> Why did they go to Skull Island? They should go to Candy Apple Island. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, well, <laughs> that's a good point. They have giant apes there too, but it's got a better name. <laughs> the two islands are identical. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so uh, Night of the Creeps was kind of dull, and I didn't understand their framing device. But I did learn... Putting a movie worse than your movie in also does not help. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. So Plan 9 from Outer Space was showing. Yes. So does does it help? No. Okay. No. 
Had it been the thing, the thing from another world, would that have? No, that would that would have killed the movie. That would have hurt even yeah. more. Okay. Basically, don't put another movie in your movie. Okay. <laughs> I understand the new uh, Wolverine movie, Logan, has a long scene where they watch Shane. Oh, really? Just to make it obvious. Just to make it obvious, so you know what movie he's referencing, yeah. evidently, when he okay. goes through the rest. Like, wow, what a boneheaded move to put Shane in your movie. Yeah, like, like the middle section of uh, the first Wolverine where he's on the farm. That just felt like a yeah bad Beatica movie or something like I that. I didn't see that one, but I read some reviews of Logan, and it just seemed like, what a dumb move to put in... <laughs> A really excellent movie in your comic book movies, just not a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had put in a worse movie, if they'd put in Robot Monster, it'd probably be even. It probably wouldn't hurt or help. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I often wondered about that. Like, uh, our, our rule sort of has been don't put a better movie in your, in your movie. movie. But I, I've wondered this whole time we've been saying this. But does it help you if you put a worse movie in your movie? And apparently the answer is no or maybe. I kind of wanted to see actually see their copy of of Plan 9 because it looked somehow crisper <laughs> than the night scene before. I don't know if it was just because they cleaned up the copy of Night of the Creeps that I watched. It could be. I like that that scene has potential though because you have this woman who's sitting on her couch with a dog watching her TV and then there's this thumping and then up through the floor comes this axe. Yeah. It's it that's like to me that's like the best image but they it doesn't really make they don't make a they make great image of it but that's it, got potential you know. It lacks There's the punch it, it should have. Because it's got that cross between the ordinary and the bizarre. Yeah. I felt the whole movie was kind of suffered from not knowing what it wanted to be. It starts out with aliens, and then it goes to the 50s with a killer on the loose at a sorority. And then it jumps to the future, the present at the time. Mm-hmm. Um this is why I hate talking about time travel. <laughs> it's uh, confusing. 1986. Uh, and and then it becomes kind of a zombie space slug movie. Mm-hmm. The killer doesn't really play into it. They could have cut that whole part. We didn't need to know that it came from aliens. We didn't it just add gives a backstory anything. to the Tom Atkins character. Isn't it? it gives him the angst that he needs to motivate him. Did we really know it? Because we didn't know anything about him but that. So it didn't really... <laughs> he, he had was, enough time to get over it. <laughs> he was just... You know, I don't know. Just the whole movie felt like it was a bunch of ideas put in a bag and shaken up and then tossed out on the table and there you go. There's your movie. Did the beginning part feel like Pleasantville to you a little bit? Mm. Assuming you've seen Pleasantville. Yeah, I've seen Pleasantville. No. It just seems super idyllic. It was super idyllic. I felt more... Um, I thought it was going to go into something... Uh, I mean, kind of like what it did. I figured that it was just, you know, set up for whatever's going to happen or... 
I don't know. Again, the whole movie, even if I... And I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. Um, they, the whole thing felt kind of... Uh, kind of a rehash of a lot of things we've seen. And I think even in 1986, it would have seen kind of subpar. Hmm. It wasn't goofy enough <clears throat> to amuse me. Um... It wasn't serious enough, you know. To, it wasn't going for gross out Not very scenes, much. really. I mean, no. they even skipped on chopping up a zombie with the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the idea. It, it was a nice point of view shot there. Yeah, but they could have gone just a little bit further. <laughs> but well, they yeah, they you didn't do that. Out, you see, Brain Dead, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. See, like things like Brain Dead and whatnot. Um, I don't know. There, there's. Something about this movie just didn't work for me. It just mm. felt so flat. Um, I didn't care for the characters, really. I didn't really sympathize with anybody. It was more of the jocks versus nerds mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, subgenre of film that we got in the 80s. It was a popular theme at the time. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Revenge of the Nerds took yeah. that off. and Yeah. They're making fun of you, Toby. <laughs> so overall, <clears throat> this this had an impossible uh, um, precedent with House. Yeah, but I think even if I hadn't watched House, I think I would have been <laughs> bored by it. It just felt like it didn't know where it was going or what it was doing. It wanted to be gross out, but it wasn't gross enough. It wanted to be funny or kind of in jokey with you know horror references but just naming your characters after directors Mm. it doesn't do anything for me i mean um i didn't get all excited because there was a uh sergeant in apocalypse now named george lucas i mean (laughs) who gives a shit there's not you know so the cops name i i did like how they had to cram carpenter hooper together <laughs> for the one character i wonder if that was a little jab at one or the other just like yeah we're not even gonna give your character hooper its own. doesn't even get a full name you don't yeah you don't get craven's not anywhere to be found it's not yet the uh the woman in it the jill whitlow character mm-hmm. she was cindy cynthia cronenberg or something yeah right. cronenberg yeah. yeah yeah she was in porkies oh okay so kind of a nerd versus that jock. is an earlier nerd versus jobs yeah so I think that was 1982. 81, yeah. 81. So Porky's was always the film to watch at some point when you were a kid. Like, oh my God. It's got boobs in it. It's got boobs in it. Somebody would say they saw it and you'd be like, it's got oh a, my God. It's got a bunch of boobs in it and they're trying to see naked women. Yeah. Oh my God. I got to <laughs> see that film. So, Julian, what was your what was your earliest experience with Night of the Creeps? Yeah, I would have seen it on video, I think. Yeah, VHS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I don't <clears throat> don't love it. I I enjoy it. I, I really like Tom Atkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was probably the best part uh, of it. Jill Whitlow's cute. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to see Dick Miller. Yeah, playing, of course. Playing Walter Paisley again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the best part of anything he's in. Usually, yeah. Usually, Chopping Mall, for example. Uh-huh. Same year, right? Uh, yep. I think so, right around. Um, yeah, he, he he played this character called Walter Paisley in 
bucket of blood in oh. 1959. Oh. And so, you know, so many times when he turns up in 80s movies, he's playing Walter Paisley. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I don't know if his flamethrower was a reference to uh, It Conquered the World, probably. It could be. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not enough to just name things that we all like. Yeah. Well, he, you know, okay. Do, some, do something with it. So Fred Decker said he was going to just go ahead and use every like B movie trope or something to that yeah. effect. But but even Did by he? even by eighty six, I mean you'd already had Strange Invaders, Night of the Comet. Yeah. Um Yeah, which did a similar sort of, you know, fifties Yeah vibe yeah. to it. But uh, Yeah, there was a lot of I love like, for that like better fifties vibe horror movies. Right. Well that was their childhood. Yeah, the the so. writers and directors of the day that would have been mm-hmm. their childhood. Yeah, I think um, Shane Black, um, no, Fred Decker's uh-huh. partner, he, he did uh, Slither. Oh, okay. Like ten years ago. Yeah. Which is a similar sort of thing. Yeah, I thought that was a better film though. Yeah. I enjoyed Slither. I don't remember much about it, but I remember liking it. So he worked on Monster Squad with uh, Shane Black. Um, Fred Decker wrote the story for House, the 86 yes. version. The one with the greatest American hero in it. Right. Yes. William Cat. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. And, and seven uh, Japanese girls <laughs> <laughs> who uh, are known by their nicknames. And the, the Monster Squad is another yeah. throwback. Monster Squad, I remember liking. I have not watched it as an mm. adult. It made me terrible. I, I watched it once, and it's got those Stan Winston creatures in it, and that's yeah. I like that, but... Yeah, I, st- I remember really liking the monsters in it, so I don't know how it holds up. Mm. But this one, yeah, it just didn't do enough. It's like you have this concept. It it suffered, um, I don't know if either of you watched American Horror Story. Some some seasons, yes. Yeah, they do the first one. <clears throat> they do this. They have this problem where they want to cram everything into a story. Yeah. So you don't just have... At least, I've only watched the first two seasons, and I didn't even finish the second one. First one crams a lot of ghost stuff into it. I felt kind of held together better. The second one, it's in a hospital, a psychiatric hospital, so they try to cram everything in. They have Nazis and zombies and (laughs) aliens and a serial killer and just everything. And at some point, it just breaks down. It becomes everybody's a killer in it, and nothing... (laughs) makes any sense and it's just all tropes and i don't like just tropes you got to subvert them in some way right or make a comment about them do something with them don't just keep feeding me tropes i already have those they're tropes (laughs) (laughs) they're tropes for a reason Mm -hmm. we've seen them too many times everybody's had them all you know yeah so so you've seen this uh, uh, previously, like back in the d- days of VHS. Yeah, yeah, I've, I must have seen it about three times now. Okay. Um, yeah, I I really like Tom Atkins and like his his great line in it about your your the good news is your dates are here. <laughs> um, that's always funny. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Uh, and the guy who plays the best friend. Yeah, he's, he's funny. I, I like him. The the lead guy, I find quite bland. I, yeah, he was super I bland. I didn't care for the lead at all. Mm. 
So guess, that's, that's a big problem for me. I guess he yeah. went on to have leads in a few more things and was fairly successful and all of a sudden just said, nope, he quit acting. Mm. I vaguely remember him. He had that sort of like, oh, I've seen other things. The scene was the... Brainstorm uh, okay. before this. The, uh, I don't remember him in it. <laughs> I don't remember him in that either. Uh, damn, yeah. So, so he was in latest stuff? Uh, he's, he's done a lot of TV, hasn't he? I think he's done TV stuff. I don't remember what I was Jason, saying. I'm trying to think of Jason Lively. Brainstorm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know too but much. But yeah, he was, he was terribly bland in this anyway. Yeah, he wasn't a very exciting uh, protagonist to me either. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I like Jill, Jill Whitlow as well. She yeah. was good. Yeah, I mean, the casting wasn't bad. I mean, they, they made the jocks just, like, uh, you know, dislikable. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, they're a bunch <laughs> yeah. of awful people who you hope bad things will happen to them. Well, a lot of those jocks are played by special effects guys. Oh, were they? <laughs> so that they could do their own makeup. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's like Robert Kurtzman and Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero yeah. and David Miller. And... Yeah. Yeah. The K&B guys, yeah. The, the effects in this are uh, you know, good stuff. Oh, it all looks good. Yeah, yeah, good effects. It just it it stumbled at the end and didn't cross the finish line. <laughs> well, the funny thing about this movie for me is it, it's like uh, was that one called Visiting Hours or After Hours or something? The one where it's got the 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 uh, hospital building or whatever and the Visiting Hours is with uh, Michael Ironside. Is the, and the, the windows are lit William up to Shatner. shape mm-hmm. shape yeah, like yeah, a skull. Yeah. 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 Saw that in the in the um, video stores for years, and I, I I would always look at it and go, if it was any good, I would have heard something about it. Mm. And it just has a cool cover. I'm not going to rent it. Mm-hmm. And this one, Night of the Creeps, uh, I would see the cover and I would think, what they couldn't even do a photo? It's like an illustration. Why? What is this? Uh, what's it? It looks like it's trying to be something. It's trying too hard. I'm not going to rent it. And I never rented it. Mm. Never watched it. And it never happened to pop up on cable or any place where it was the middle of a scene and I watched it for any length of time at all. No, that never happened. So having watched it, you know, three, four nights ago was the first time I set eyes on this thing. And I still don't understand why they chose, you know, to do an artwork cover. And the cover doesn't tell you anything. It's a dude in like a tux. Okay. Holding his hand out. And a There's a whole of, bunch of different covers. Yeah. This is the one that was on the VHS box. Mm. I don't remember it. I think it had a bunch of like locusts or something flying, or maybe the slugs looked like locusts to me in the illustration. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the one I saw. Yeah, so it it didn't look like it was going to be anything I would want to see, and I didn't dig any deeper. And uh, finally I was scrolling through Shudder and said, I am going to watch that thing that I've never watched. And I had no expectations or really low expectations. And it turns out, um, <laughs> because I didn't watch House, uh, <laughs> I, re- I really actually enjoyed this. I, I like the, I liked that the, be- you know, the weird cold open to the, um, the little people dressed as aliens mm-hmm. running around a ship and then losing the experiment or whatever they called it. Um, that didn't really do anything for me. Uh, when it came falling out of the sky and the people in the 1950s thought it was a shooting star or whatever, falling star. Uh, 
it just drops you into Pleasantville. It's filmed in black and white. And I think Fred Decker wanted to do the whole movie in black and white. Um, but the beginning part, that whole that whole sequence after the aliens, that whole beginning part that's set in the 50s, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it felt I like liked that much better. Once they went to the future, I was just waiting for shots of boobs. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, like it's 1986. It's an R-rated movie. Let's get it over with. Yeah, come on, bring <laughs> come them out. On. We never thought I'd be so blasé. <laughs> It's like all the decapitations. This, it's the this decapitations what did it. and tits just don't do it for me anymore. <laughs> it's a sad world we live in. Will sitting there. In a, he's world. sitting there in a gorilla suit, smoking a cigar. It's just yeah, <laughs> just bombed. more of the same. Yep, had enough. And uh, uh, so it gets into the um, the 1986 parts, and I'm thinking, okay, I would have rather stayed in the 50s for another, you know. 10 or 15 minutes, but all right, fine. This is, it's making a time jump. It doesn't take you long to figure out what's going on. So it does. And, uh, I didn't mind it. I, I was thinking, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be stupid and slimy and wriggly and whatever, but no, it was mostly zombie stuff. And then, um, they had to bust out the flamethrowers and I was okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I did feel like the characters were kind of cartoonish and kind of silly, but that it was a choice. And it wasn't just like, oh, they don't know how to write. I think they just wrote. Oh, no, I they... think everything was a choice in this. I don't think that they, I don't think there was any badness due to incompetence of any sort. I just think that they they played it safe, if anything. They had these ideas and, and these pretty good effects, and then they just kind of gave us warmed over more of the same. Yeah. You know, um, especially with movies that were coming out in 1986. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a lot going on right around you know, then. Yeah. Uh, if I had to choose between watching this again and Chopping Mall, I would probably watch Chopping Mall. Blimey. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one between those two. Do I have to? Can I watch a bit of Chopping Mall and then maybe turn it off? Like do a, do a fan edit where you combine that movie with this movie? Yeah. No, I I enjoyed this. I really. I'm not saying oh it's a new favorite or anything, but it's something that you know having watched it, I can't believe somebody didn't say you back when there wasn't a whole lot of competition for it. I can't believe somebody didn't say, Oh, you should see it at least. You yeah. know, it just never came up. I don't know why, but it didn't. <laughs> like I watched, I'm sure I watched nine, seven, six evil. And I'm oh, sure God, I watched, yeah. uh, what's that stupid one of the computers? Um, Clint Howard's in it. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's some, I can't think of that. I don't know that. Uh, yeah. It's a horror movie involving, computers this is like the second half of the 80s so as you as you know it's not it's my least favorite period for horror movies it's past the tipping point yeah yeah on the previous year you'd have reanimator right if you you want like funny zombie movies exactly right you know you had reanimator um uh i don't know yeah it just didn't work yeah, there was plenty of other stuff lying around. There was, uh, you know, there were already two Evil Dead movies you could watch if you wanted. There was Reanimator. There was, um, uh, did From Beyond come out? 
Yeah, that was just, late, late 80s. That was, a, that was all right. I was going to say that's a couple of years later, but it yeah, was, it was like... Yeah, that was after Reanimator. Yeah. So you had Bright of Reanimator and you had From Beyond, but they... Brain Damage, which we brain talked damage, about. Brain Damage, yes. See that? Brain Damage was, you know, a much better film than this. It was just bizarre. Yeah. Totally bizarre. This one just... I think it really, it just played it too safe. It was like, I don't know. I can't think of anything, that, a good comparison there, but... Are you surprised to hear that it lost money? No. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised at all. Well, this is from the director of Robocop 3. Yeah. Oh. I thought Frank Miller directed RoboCop three. Uh, they, or no, he wrote RoboCop three. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they worked on it together. Yeah, that's yeah the... Fred Decker directed it. Yeah. And took the blame right. for it. Yeah. Took the blame. Uh and Ro- uh Frank Miller took the ideas that had been rejected that he'd wanted to put in it and did his own comic. Okay. I thought he wrote the movie as well. Yeah, he did. He did the oh, okay. uh, the both the sequels. The, yeah. But then the what he considered the good stuff, they wouldn't let him do. Oh. And, and especially with the third one, where they made it a PG. Yeah. That's a terrible one. <laughs> two's pretty bad. I, I've, I've blanked it out completely. I have fond memories of watching Two <laughs> as a kid. You don't want to ruin it by watching it again. And Ro- RoboCop 1 is probably on my top ten list of best <sighs> dystopian future robocop satires mm. filmed by mm-hmm. paul verhoeven <laughs> made 1987 good old paul verhoeven showgirls uh, we should do we should do a uh, man that's amazing only only if we can watch the edited version where they animated clothes on the people really yes it is, oh, I've never seen it's that. bizarre i watched it on tbs maybe oh it was wow. on k or it was on cable and yeah, they animate it, and they're not well done. They're not, they're not really. Com- well, they're kind of computery, but. So is it like Game of Death, where they stick Bruce Lee's face over? Kind of, yeah. They just animate poorly, you know, a bra over people, and they're clearly not wearing anything. It's like why is why is Kyle McLaughlin wearing that bra? Um, did you know about this alternative ending to Night of the Creeps? Yeah. Have you What's seen the it? alternative ending? It I ends earlier. I think the only edit I've seen is where the, the camera goes over the wall of the cemetery and then you see the spaceship go over, oh. fly over. That's what I saw. Yeah. I can't remember seeing another one. Well, um, it says here, and as much as you can trust ye old internet. There is another ending, yeah. Yeah, where um, Chris and Cynthia are standing in front of the burning sorority house and then... Uh, you see the charred and zombified uh, Cameron, Ray Cameron, the Tom Atkins character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come down the street, right. uh, stops and falls to the ground. His head explodes and bugs, slugs, scamper out. Yeah, and they, yeah. they go into the cemetery and then you see the spaceship. How the hell did they, do you know how they did the slugs? Well, they're on uh, thin lines. You can see them oh. a couple of times. Oh, I, yeah. I couldn't see them. I, I was watching it on an iPad, so. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to watch it on the big giant television. Who watches movies on a phone? Um, well, it was an iPad. I guess that's a little bit. But, you know, you, you see all these, like, uh, they have, have all these, like, special features. You can download this movie onto your phone and watch it anywhere you want. 
Who's going to watch a movie I'm on a phone? I'm not going to watch a movie on a phone either. Yeah. <laughs> I watch Futurama episodes on my phone. Yeah, I, I could see like a I something like that. A like cartoon. Shot, shot yeah. for TV. But yeah, yeah TV know. shows aren't too bad. I would watch TV shows on like my iPad or yeah. my iPod. But yeah, a movie, I'm not going to yeah, watch. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, like uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yeah, I watched Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. I was, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Lawrence the Arabian on the phone. It wasn't that great. It was terrible. Yeah. Look it at that super so small. Look at that super the, tiny dot getting yeah. slightly larger. What's all the fuss about? You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, David Lynch has a whole <clears throat> discussion about that, watching things on your phone. <laughs> and the other problem, though, is things being too high def and you being able to see, like, screws and... Yeah. Props and whatnot. And okay. Everybody's pores. Everybody's pores. Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. Don't. Um, what about the unofficial sequel, Zombie Town? Not seen it. Me neither. Zombie Town. Yeah. No, so, not I think it's released as Night of the Creeps 2 in certain markets, wasn't it? Like right. G- Germany and yeah. so on. But. Yeah. Night of the Creeps 2, semicolon, Zombie Town. Yeah, I I mildly enjoy Night of the Creeps. I'm not not enough to seek out a sequel. <laughs> if it you know if it turns up somehow that I can see it easily, then I'll, I'll watch it. But. I would say that if somebody asked me, can you give me a short list of '80s horror movies that are kind of can't be Tom Atkins? They and must slugs. <laughs> they must have Dick Miller and Tom Atkins in them, <laughs> and a bunch of wriggly slugs. Uh, and be some... filmed between 1985 and 1987. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not in 85 or 87, but in between there. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say I would I would recommend somebody just if hey if you haven't seen it give it a look you might have fun with it. I wouldn't say it uh, belongs with something that's also deliberately campy or cheeky like uh, Reanimator. I do, it does, it's Reanimator not, is just so good. It's, uh-huh. it's in a class by itself. Uh, if uh, Night of the Comet, if you're into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, and uh, it, yeah, that, that's fun. I have to see that one again. It's oh yeah, it's been so long because it, it's got that same kind of fifties invasion uh, yeah. vibe, but because it's got cheerleaders as the heroes, it's it's kind of okay. Changes it a little, changes the dynamic. Oh, yeah, I have it's fun. to watch that one. And Strange Invaders, I remember. I saw it a long time ago, but I remember liking it. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen Strange Invaders. So, any any uh, level of recommendation on this? From if you're of... currently watching it, uh, go ahead and finish it. But otherwise, <laughs> I mean, and you've only got like maybe ten minutes left. Go ahead. And Go ahead and just finish it, but uh, don't bother starting it if you haven't. Okay. Julian, where do you stand on this one? Uh, Will's, Will's clearly on the fence about it. I'm very on the fence about it. I think it's enjoyable. Uh, you know, as I say, I've seen it three times now. Uh, you know, I, I like it. I don't love it. But I just think there's so many better yeah, kind of campy sci-fi horror movies out mm-hmm. there. 
and house, which is now everything is going to be compared to. And if it if a movie makes a lick of sense, I don't want to see it. <laughs> you yeah, know, what, what is this sense stuff? I don't yeah. go to movies to see something makes sense. Yeah. No, I get much of that in real life. Yeah, things making sense. Jeez, might as well be doing taxes. You know. Yeah, I want to see something that's out there. Really out there. The piano doesn't eat somebody. I don't want to watch it. So your life has been changed by Japanese movies. They have. Last just... year was Entrails of a Beautiful Woman, right. which is like House if it was made by sadistic 14-year-olds. <laughs> um, yeah, really. I mean, wow. So I got to say, you know, maybe it makes sense for us to do more Japanese horror movies. Or less. They don't make much sense. I but... can't think of many more that are... Are that as bizarre? Yeah, as house. I can think of a few that are really weird. Um, but when we watched that one, that that is you brought over to Richards. I don't remember. Oh, that's a that's a Hong Kong movie. Oh, okay. Oh, Boxes Omen. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, I thought that. Yeah, that was bizarre. (laughs) No, (laughs) we could do that sometime. Yeah, School of the Unholy Beast. Mm, yeah. yeah it's not a horror movie oh it's, no that... I, I do love it dearly yeah yeah yes if you if you like nunsploitation yep that's that's one of, that's my favorite you taught in japan was it anything yes. like that oh sure yeah okay sure yeah, it's just, just like that yeah just women whipping each other with thorns and yeah rose petals drifting yeah. down yeah i could see that <laughs> it's it's Kind of base all my world travel on what happens in movies oh yeah <laughs> well I, I yeah I've, I've been places just because of novels or movies oh, i could see that interesting i went to hong kong because i but loved not like terrible things books. you know no <laughs> yeah i know i've, I've yeah. not been to eastern europe man in, i really want to go to central uh, pennsylvania tortured. where those zombies attack <laughs> Kind of yeah, I'm not. Going I want to go to the Monroeville Mall, definitely. I would go there. I'd go probably. there. Yeah, I would go to that cemetery from Night of the Living Dead. Why didn't mm. they combine somebody chop up Chopping Mall and and Dawn of the Dead and make <laughs> robots fighting zombies in a mall? Man, get sounds... to it, Internet. <laughs> yeah, somebody edited all of Breaking Bad into a two-hour movie. A couple of French director guys. <laughs> I wonder how that'd be. Well, um, I heard some people talk about it, and they said that um, the stuff they failed to include and the stuff that they uh, did include didn't make a lot of sense. Like, um, uh, they made some choices on, you know, there were characters that got, like, almost no screen time. I guess Jesse being one of them, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Certain events were left out, but you're trying you to take... You only have two hours. Yeah, you're taking five seasons of a show. Yeah of hour-long episodes and you're boiling it down into a two-hour movie it's gonna suffer so part of the reason i haven't seen that is because it was hbo which we don't get wasn't it uh something like hbo no it was amc was it amc yeah, yeah but oh okay either way i stopped watching that because they started bringing in commercials during films oh yeah uh, um and then the other reason was it's just too much like my neighborhood <laughs> there's been two or three houses that have been destroyed because it was they were meth labs oh i don't know i don't know i think it's a pretty good series yeah i've heard it's really good it Uh, is 
I enjoyed it. I don't know how well it'll hold up in, say, 10 years mm. or it'll, so. It'll be interesting. Like, I haven't rewatched The Sopranos. I don't know how it holds up. I've heard some people say that the earlier episodes or the earlier seasons don't hold up as well as you'd hope. Yeah. I would have to rewatch it and see, well, what do I think? But we've seen, it always suffers from everything you've seen since, like, and everything that it's influenced. Mm. Yeah. Like if something is good and it makes other things strive to be better and those things exceed the thing that inspired them, well then, yeah, you're going to go back to the original thing and say, well, I think it's more thing A made a lot of money. So <laughs> thing B through Z uh, <laughs> will do the same thing. I, I can go back to the original and appreciate it. Um, oh, yeah, totally. No, I, I've you know, been able to uh, context. Psycho is probably the best example I have mm. is you've seen everything in Psycho a zillion times, but you sit down and watch Psycho right, and right, you're like, right. damn. This is really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's based on something that's really well written, and it's by arguably one of the greatest directors ever. Yeah. Um, you can see why everybody copied it. Oh, yeah. Anyone who wasn't copying Hitchcock shortly after Hitchcock really established himself, they should have known better. They should have been ripping him off right away. <laughs> he was that good. Yeah. Yeah, he, he started it all, really. I mean, with silent movies, a lot of people don't know that, but mm-hmm. Hitchcock was directing silent movies. That's how early he started. Like uh, in the 60s, so after Psycho, the, he was, you know, the French were picking up on him as a, as, you know, you had all the Truffaut interviews. Mm-hmm. So he was finally, because the American critics loved the French stuff. Yeah. And they say, oh, so they love Hitchcock? Huh, we should take another look at Hitchcock and take yeah. him seriously. Wow, he's great. Yeah, no, really, he was just, you know. So, and then, then, so you had all the, the kids coming up through the film schools in the 60s who would be Hooper and Carpenter, etc. were coming out and making yeah great movies with the Hitchcock influence. Brian De Palma. Yeah. <laughs> Huge Hitchcock influence. Have you, have you seen uh, Bonfire of the Vanities? That's one of his I haven't seen. Uh, no, I don't think so. That was like a big... Yeah. It was considered a turkey at the time. It was a big turkey, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I didn't see it because it was such such a reputation. Okay. I'll have to check it out. But, you know, there's a 50-50 chance with the Palma. you love it or I'll hate it. Yes. <laughs> well, at least it's... <laughs> he's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> he's either great or he's terrible. It's good. Well, should we call it an episode? Uh, yeah, and uh, we'd like to say uh, rest in peace to Bernie Wrightson, who's the, yes. one of the all-time great horror artists and illustrators. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, you immediately recognize Wrightson's work when you see it, mm-hmm. and he was amazing, and it, it's a great loss. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know uh, how productive he was in recent years, if he was actually ill or not. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about it? Mean, his, his last uh, series was Frankenstein Alive Live. Okay. Um, and he and he's you know he's he's done the odd illustration, but he's really pretty much unable to do. Yeah, I saw him series. at a little convention here. I'm surprised, but I don't think he had been working on anything at the time. This was four years ago, maybe. Mm. 
just set up at a table at a convention that was mostly geared towards selling old books. It wasn't, they didn't have an artist alley or anything. It was mostly just retail. And he, but he was set up there with his portfolio and people were just walking right past. And I was like, I caught, uh, he wasn't there when I saw him. I passed by an older woman and I saw Bernie Wrightson's like some panel Frankenstein or something mm. giant page oh my god are you selling these and she was like oh no these are my husband's blah 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 and then he came up later and I talked to him but while I was there 10-15 minutes nobody came by I felt wow. kind of bad like these people aren't they don't know who he is and nobody's stopping to look really oh my god You'd I, think... I wish I had had something for him to sign I couldn't you know he wasn't selling most of his work in the stuff he was selling I could never afford. Yeah. You know. You'd think everybody who was aware of, of uh, Silver Bullet, you know, the whole cycle of, the, of a werewolf. Uh, you would think people at a comic book convention would, would know who he is. Because he yeah, is the, he's the co-creator of Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did so much work in... Uh, House of Mystery. House of Mystery, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were all lucky enough to have um, met John Severin when mm. he... Would come into yeah, the I art never supply. got to meet Seth. Didn't? No, oh, yeah. I only Surprise. came in on weekdays I wasn't there. <laughs> he, had a, he had your work calendar all figured yeah. out. Yeah. No, he was great. He was a really fun customer and uh, just a mischievous kind of sense of humor to him. He, he, was, yeah. he was a cool old guy. Yeah, he, he's one of the EC gang. Yeah, and he worked up till the very end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was, he was in top form to the end as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's another one of the greats. So, so Bernie writes, and yeah, if you uh, see his work, and you can see a lot, you know, he's following on from EC and uh, the classic illustrators like Franklin Booth, and yeah, yeah, quite a giant. Yeah, that that whole generation is uh, pretty much all all but gone now, huh? I think it's just Mary Severin now. Yeah, yeah, it's like. Uh, Eisner, all those, all those mm-hmm. guys, all the EC people. Yeah, I think Mary Severin may be the last one. Yeah, because Jack Davis died last year. Yeah, and Mary was uh, the younger sister of mm-hmm. uh, John Severin. Of John, yeah. Wow. We really should have get been given more work. Oh, absolutely. Not just coloring jobs and crap. Right. Was... She she did a lot of the uh, not Brandeck stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she worked in the Hulk a bit with John. Yeah. It was the uh, it was the trouble of it being a boys' club, so to speak. Yeah, but she was like the colorist, and so, yeah, you, you look at her coloring, and she was she was really pushing the. Oh, this was like an incredibly crude process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in the day, and and she was really pushing it. Yeah, really yeah, coarse half tones on pulpy paper. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they she did well, but I think she should have been offered more art jobs. Yes, I'd like to see her. Would have seen her stuff on more, you know, just mainstream marvel stuff they should have tried mm-hmm. out no so doubt not just stick around doing christmas cards and <laughs> not brand <Eck. laughs> uh the new tales from the crypt came out today so this, oh what day is it is wednesday it's wednesday the something or other oh well, let's see um but 22nd 22nd yeah i'm doing stuff for denver comic-con um all right. Well, let's uh, let's call it an episode, and uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. 
stay off the Mars. They need a de-animator. 